to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, follow us uh, the show on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. Follow us on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash HEFpod for all the latest Eintracht news and the webosphere in the English language. So uh, to here to preview a little bit of what Eintracht should expect as they're facing up against the big Bay Foul Bay, uh, we've decided to dial up Europe a little bit, and this gentleman has been uh, is as experienced as they come in covering the Bundesliga. He has been on Talking Foosball, the Tribuna, and most recently on Steelcast. We're talking to none other than DW's own Jonathan Harding. Hello, Jonathan. Good evening, Brian, or good afternoon, I suppose. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so uh, you were ha- you happen to have a front row seat to the most recent. Uh, iteration of uh, Dortmund playing on the field. They've had, uh, needless to say, strong start uh, to the season. Uh, Spurs uh, put up, pushed on by their most recent Norwegian signing. Uh, yes. One thing I have to ask is, what the heck happened over the weekend? Oh, that's a good question. I think Borussia Dortmund are probably still asking themselves that question. To be honest, um, it was a familiar tale I think uh, Dortmund have suffered from the same problem for quite a while now and and I actually think that that could extend back over seasons um Borussia Dortmund's inability to defend a lead and to play sensible football from leading positions is quite astounding obviously there's a lot of talk about their attack Jaden Sancho has been sensational as you mentioned Erling Haaland you know comes in and he's scoring for fun um and that's just really where the beginning of the list of attacking players, but the issues lie in defence. And, uh, you know, there's got to be some blame put at Lucien Favre's feet because I think uh, whether it's a question of system or approach, he has to take some responsibility. But I think the players themselves have to take even more because against Leverkusen, if you're winning 3-2 with 10 minutes to go, you have to be able to be smart enough to play the kind of football to see the game out. And yet they were very aggressive. They stood very high. They continued to make a lot of errors. Their positioning wasn't great. They were, they were still very nervous in defense sometimes when they had the ball. Um, these are all things that I'm sure that Adi Hutter and Eintracht Frankfurt will be looking at in terms of how they can win. But Dortmund need to make sure that it's not so easy for sides to figure out how to beat them. Because as good as Leverkusen were, Dortmund really invited this uh, upon themselves and I have to say I'm sure that many Dortmund fans will be very frustrated with the way their team is playing it's a problem to be an imbalanced side and uh, that's exactly what Borussia Dortmund are at the moment yeah the, um, not only were they uh, beaten by Leverkusen they were also beaten the DFB Pokal by at least within the Bundesliga uh, matches, a woeful uh, Werder Bremen side, uh, our Werder Bremen fans who do pay attention, I apologize, but you guys have been on a poor run of late. I mean, is it down? Is it more the fact that, look, Dortmund has been scoring goals for fun, even in this loss, we were able to push uh, three in and had a few against Bremen as well. 
Is it just the nature of the team that in this Lucian Favre's attack, attack, attack nature, is it just the fact that, look, you're just going to concede goals and you just got to hope that you can outscore them, which is something that you saw, that we saw on the Peter Bosch when he was at Dortmund before basically everything just fell apart on him? Or is this the balance not being right? Because, uh, you know, Akanji and Zagadu have had real, real issues this past year uh Berkey wasn't at his best Homos was brought in and at least uh had a well not a, a absolutely poor game and you would have thought that Emre Khan uh coming in would have given some more defensive solidity whilst the attack was strengthened in the win during the winter pause uh, what is the the greater issue for Dortmund I think it's imbalance. Um, I don't think that Lucien Favre has the team playing the same way that Peter Bosch plays. Uh, you can you can see that in Leverkusen. I mean, Leverkusen have basically accepted their fate as a side that is gung-ho, that is all or nothing. I uh, don't think Borussia Dortmund have accepted that they too often look like that. And I think that's partly because Lucien Favre doesn't want his side to play that way. I think he wants the team to be pretty patient but at the right moment to be very dynamic going forward. And he's, he definitely has those players for it. At the moment, that patient play, they seem to be caught between the two. They don't know when to be patient. They don't know when to not attack. I think that's that's part of the problem. Emery Chan said after the game, he thought that they made too many sort of basic mistakes. Um, and he seemed to you know, he said that this game summed up Bristol Dortmund. It's amazing that a player that just arrived is already aware of a situation that has been true about this team for at least a year or two. And I think if Borussia Dortmund are to correct themselves, they're going to have to take out those mistakes. I'm I'm keen to see what they do against Frankfurt because they're going to have a couple of players missing. Julian Brandt is out, Marco Royce is out. Maybe Favre moves back to a back three um, with Hummels in the middle and Akanji and Zagadou sort of as not wing-backs, as, but as wide centre-backs. That's always an option. But, you know, you you have to make sure that the the back line is, is protected. Um, but they also have to cut out the errors. I mean, some of these things are not on the coach. Uh, these are on, on in-game concentration levels. And Borussia Dortmund need to make sure that those are right. But I think it's it's a problem that's been being dragged along by Dortmund for a long time. And they really have to get it sorted sooner rather than later. Because after all the money they spent and after all the amazing players they have now in attack if they don't start to win something soon i think you know questions are big big questions are going to be asked speaking of big questions one of the things that i think has kind of been that has epitomized dortmund has uh, been the attack uh Scoring three goals when you're, you know, coming out as a loser in a match is not something to uh, shy away from and something that Eintracht will find rather difficult um, to kind of go in the rather than into the negative uh, look at more of the positivity that uh, Dortmund has uh, been uh, producing with Jaden San- Sancho, uh, who's in his um, second year as a starter and second year thriving under uh, the father system. You got Axel Witzel, who typically is the incredible talent uh, in the midfield. I think a real coup when they picked him up and you also have Hakimi um, who has been pretty uh, incredible. Just look at his champions league performances just to kind of make judgment of there. 
what what is it about a Dortmund system that whilst yes now Julian Brandt is is out injured and you also have Marco Royce the captain who is out injured what makes this team probably the most dangerous team in the Bundesliga still as is I think it is that dynamism going forward and you're right Frankfurt will struggle to to contain them because when they get going, uh, they more often than not, they have very intelligent players in the final third as well. I mean, you talked about Sancho there. I think it's something like 12 goals and 14 assists this season. I mean, he he just keeps producing. And it's very difficult to to stop a player like that when they're in such a great run of form. And he, he may have a half an hour period in a game where he isn't involved if it isn't a crazy game like the one against Leverkusen last weekend. But then he can spring in out of nowhere and suddenly be the most important player in, in an attack. So... They have lots of players who are capable of that dynamism, those players that have great skill on one-on-one situations, Sancho, Hazard, um, Reina as well. I've been very impressed with Gio Reina coming in. <laughs> uh, I think I think there's a there's a chance that he may even get some game time. Mario Götze hasn't been a favourite of Lucien Favre. He's made no secret of that. I'm keen to see how he sets up, obviously with no Brandt, who's been such an important player for Dortmund in the last few weeks when he's been playing in the centre. Um, I'm really keen to see what Favre does with the midfield because I think Witzel and Chan will still be there, but I don't know about who will be playing in Brandt's position. Maybe Gutsu could come in. Obviously, I think he's got the ability, but the rest of the attack is also important. And part of the reason for that is the arrival of Haaland because Haaland is, uh, is, a, is an unbelievable number nine, the kind of striker that Dortmund didn't have in the past. And Paco Alcacer is much smaller. He was, uh, definitely had a great eye for goal. Couldn't keep himself fit. That was part of the problem. Before that, Favre was often trying Gutzer up front um, and it was and Royce. And I would say that the way that the system plays, having a very big guy like Holland, who has a great touch and obviously great finishing, makes a huge difference to the way that Dortmund play. Not that he's a target man as such, but he can play that role and he adds a real threat to the attack and it makes whoever's defending against that attack now very wary of a different type of player um, it's not just a forward line of three or four players that are moving around you've also now got three players behind one really really solid striker who's taking up a different role basically um, I think that's what makes them dangerous they're very variable they're very fast and uh, they're pretty ruthless so Frankfurt certainly have a job on their hands I think another thing that kind of was brought to light when uh, Dortmund was going up against Leverkusen is the kind of, you know, gung-ho attitude uh, that we have seen uh, from Leverkusen under Bosch. Though, if you look at the Friday fixture, another team also went gung-ho as well. We're talking, of course, about the Eintracht uh, with its own American, Timothy Chandler, uh, knocking in a pair and Philip Kostic on the other wing, knocking in a pair. Um, looking at it from more of this kind of tactical standpoint with the Eintracht, kind of going with uh, going back to basics a little bit with a 4-4-1-1 uh, with a well, striking and attacking midfield right there, and you have great wing play. I'm looking at the way that uh, Dortmund performed against uh, Leverkusen, and despite the fact that, you know, they will go, they have a potent attack, you know, when you go forward, holes do open up in defense unless you have a great defense, and the Eintracht was able to exploit that against Augsburg. 
I'd like to think that uh, Dortmund, with their more gung-ho attitude, will actually keep those uh, openings out there for the Eintracht players to take advantage of. And you're going to see a lot of fireworks uh, come this Friday as the Eintracht takes on Dortmund. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the kind of game that could end 4-4. I think Dortmund haven't had enough time to necessarily recover uh, and and readjust from the Leverkusen game. It's the kind of defeat that really hits hard. But also, this is the kind of problem they've been dragging around, uh, as I said earlier, for a long time. So it's not something that's going to change from one week to the next. I think Frankfurt will have that space. They will find areas to exploit. The most important thing from their perspective, in my opinion, is that Philip Kostic has a great game. He's been on form the last couple of weeks. So the most frustrating thing about him is that if he executed more often and he made better decisions in the final third, especially with his crossing, he would be one of the best wingers in the world, let alone the Bundesliga. But at the moment, he's far too inconsistent. Um, The last couple of games, like I said, he's been excellent. But this is the game where I think if Philip Kostic can, can ball out basically in this game, then he will really lay down some sort of mark or make a serious statement about the kind of player he wants to be. Because Frankfurt have lost their, their front three, obviously, after last season, that magical run last season. And there were some concerns about whether they would still be as potent in attack. He has been one of the main reasons, if not the reason, that Frankfurt continue to be dangerous going forward. I mean, Timothy Chandler having a revolutionary Indian summer on the right wing is another conversation. I uh, don't know how long it's going to last, but enjoy it. Um, I, th- I think the main thing for, for Frankfurt is really getting the most out of Kostic and getting him in dangerous positions, because if he can do well, uh, then I think the rest of the team lifts its game as well. He, I have no doubt that he will find the space uh, against Dortmund, because Dortmund don't look like a side capable of closing that area. The real question is whether he can make the most of it. Indeed. Something that we harp on quite often uh, when he has these brilliant opportunities and yet just leaves you wanting. Sort of like Timo Werner at the weekend. You know, <laughs> if anyone was hoping that uh, Bayern would drop points, you know, they did. A pair of them. But, Jonathan, uh, we've talked uh, quite a bit about Dortmund. We've talked a little bit about kind of the matchup that will happen between Eintracht and Dortmund. Some the styles that kind of can be uh, on display. Uh, before we ask uh, one final question, we'd like to get a prediction from you before we ask you the big points on who's going to win the Bundesliga. <laughs> no no idle question, no uh, small question there. <laughs> what are you predicting uh, on Friday as the Eintracht visits the Westfalenstadion uh, to take on the black and yellow? I think it will be entertaining, uh, but I do think Bristol Dortmund will win because I don't think that they lose at home. Um, if this was in Frankfurt, I would definitely be predicting a Frankfurt victory. Uh, but I think Bristol Dortmund are a different side at home. There's something about the atmosphere there. There's something about the way that they play there. They have a lot more confidence. I think it's going to be 3-2 Bristol Dortmund. Oh, Wow. I'm actually thinking that it is going to be a goal fest. Um, I do think it is going to be slightly less scoring than Bayer Leverkusen. I do think that the Eintracht will pump three in. But then again, BFL Bay will have their own three that will come in. I think actually Eintracht will be the one uh, finding 
the uh, final goal, which will just drive a dagger into the hearts of the Bayfell Bay fans, who will be thinking, okay, we're you know we're back to chasing, we're not too far outside of the title, which this weekend, oh gosh, if they could only have won, you know that would have really put the pressure on the Leipzig and Munich results way more than it did. But you know what you're gonna do for all of our American and English language listeners, remember. United States still has Fox Sports that's going to be showing that. It's going to be on FS2 there. United Kingdom has BT Sport Live. New Zealand that is going to be showing on uh, BN Sports Connect. Uh, we're also going to be showing in Ireland, BT Sport Live. And in uh, Canada, Sports World, Australia, uh, BN Sports 1. So a bigger question, though, is, Jonathan, we've been talking about the teams chasing the Bundesliga title. I've made a little hint at a certain match on Sunday, which was one of the more exciting nil-nil draws you will ever see between mm. Leipzig and Munich. Uh, I think this was the first points that Leipzig has ever gotten uh, from uh, from Bayern in Munich, uh, if memory serves. And they don't have a very good record of playing against the Bayern, let's be frank. But... With the way that the table stands, with Bayern on 43, Leipzig on 42, Dortmund on 39. 39 also for Gladbach, who were unable to uh, play in the uh, in the derby against Cologne due to Mother Nature uh, deciding that she wanted to uh, have her own input on the, <laughs> the way that the Bundesliga is shaping out. What do you think is going to be – what are we going to find after mat, uh, match day 34 – uh, has come to a close. Who's going to be at the top of uh, the Bundesliga, and who will have been the teams in the Champions League who will think, ah, shoot, we could have gotten it? I think uh, it it might be an unpopular, I don't know, an unpopular prediction, but I think Bayern Munich are going to win the Bundesliga. Um, I just don't think the way that they're playing under Flick that anybody can stop them domestically. Uh, there are too many other sides who have their own issues. When I think about Leipzig in the first half uh, against Bayern, they look very vulnerable. Um, when I think about Dortmund, we talked about the defensive issues. When I think about Gladbach, uh, I, I, I worry whether they've got the ability to do it over the next few games. Um, but they are maybe the one team I see as having a real chance uh, of upsetting Proceedings. I think Gladbach would be my my dark horse, as it were, or maybe I should say my foal. Um, <laughs> but as for the top four, it's very difficult to call. I think that the top three, as it is at the moment, uh, will probably stay fairly similar. I think Bayern, Leipzig, Dortmund could well be what it looks like to finish the season. Um, if I had to pick a team in fourth, I would probably pick Gladbach uh, because I think they're the more stable sides than Leverkusen and Schalke. Schalke have a history of being extremely inconsistent and unpredictable. And as I said earlier, Leverkusen have made a new identity out of being gung-ho and you don't really win titles or achieve too much by being gung-ho. I don't think they finish in the top four. I think they'd probably be happy to be in the Europa League anyway. So it sounds really boring, but I actually think the top four as it is now is probably going to be what it is at the end of the season. And uh, I think Bayern Munich are at the top of the pile once again, just because they're the one side who doesn't look to have the kind of weakness that other teams can exploit. You know, Leipzig have never been here before. I worry whether that's a problem. They've had a bit of a slump at the moment, and I wonder how they're going to deal with that and the Champions League. Dortmund can't defend, so that's not going to get them anywhere. And um, Gladbach, yeah, 
if they can get everything right, they may have a chance, but I'm not sure they've got the depth in squad to be able to rival Bayern. So I can um, totally agree with that. I will counter with Borussia Mönchengladbach having one slight advantage now. They're already knocked out at the Europa League. Sad to say, you know, if you concede goals to Basik Shahir in as late a fashion as you do, you're not going to be in the Europa League at all. And then what are you going to do in the Champions League come next campaign? Because I think that, like you said, the top four is going to stay at the top four. I do think that, and this is another unpopular choice. I know everyone's been kind of uh, bagging on me when I made that prediction, but I think that Leipzig will take the title. I know due to the way that they are set up that people don't like them. But I think that really that Bayern, I think that the, the, they have, they are on that strong run that they always have right before the, uh, the in, this time of year. I think what is going to happen is they're going to do well in Europe and they're going to, well, as Bayern does, try and prioritize Europe if they can because Europe matters just so much more to them because they are Bayern. I think that Leipzig, you know, whilst they may be able to get to the round, uh, the quarterfinal stage, I think that they will realize that, hey, you know what? Do we want to, like, just kill ourselves and still not go through? Or do we want to realize that we can still, we should prioritize the Bundesliga because we missed out on the Pokal last year. Let's try and get one of the real one of the two competitions that they are left in yet and i think that byron can be distracted enough because that trophy with those big ears that is a that every single time that they suddenly get into pass around to 16 byron starts thinking of lifting that trophy and that's what they i have found that they are most vulnerable so i still sticking behind my Leipzig predictions. So, uh, predictions in where you can watch the Eintracht versus Dortmund match. Uh, we mentioned that at the end of the broadcast. Also, you can reach out to at Pod on Twitter, and we'll be able to, regardless of wherever your location is, we will be able to provide you with uh, the local uh, streaming or broadcast service, uh, just so you don't get run afoul of local authorities. <laughs> uh, we'll be able to get you the correct streaming service and everything. But I'd like to thank Jonathan Harding for coming on to the podcast uh for a debut smashed it my friend thank you pleasure to be on brian i appreciate the opportunity and and uh for people who are interested in following more of what you do for the dw and other bundesliga related uh information that you might put out there where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world uh john and what kind of projects do you have coming up uh, John Blog 66 on Twitter. Um, that's where I'm most of the time. It's the same on Instagram. Um, but yeah, just doing a few things. Uh, got a, a few pieces in the pipeline, but most of my content, if not all of it, is uh, Bundesliga or Germany national team related. So if that's of any interest to you, then then feel free. I always appreciate it. Oh, and uh, where can we find where can we find uh, you have a book out? I should also make mention of uh, where can we find your pub- uh, most recent publication? Uh, it's it's on Amazon. Uh, it just type in Mensch M E N S C H. Um, it's also on my publishing website, the publisher's website, um, which is OckleyBooks.co.uk. That's O C K L E Y. Um, if you are interested in coaching. German coaching uh, was lucky enough to speak to quite a few people around around Germany and uh, what they feel is important for coaching 
and I was able to put it together. So, uh, yeah, if that's the kind of thing that you'd like to read, then uh, hop on over. All right. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining the podcast. Thank you. Hey, I'm